get into the Word because I'm limited. Pastor only gives me 30 minutes. And I argue with him, <clears throat> and he always comes out on top. He wins every time. Proverbs chapter 3, very familiar passage of Scripture for you because you've heard it read the last four services, three services, and today is number four. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and depend not or lean not on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will direct your paths. Anybody want the Lord to direct you? <clears throat> then you have to be led of the Spirit. I was talking on this thought for the last three services, uh, two Sundays and one Wednesday night. I could not get away from this feeling. And again, uh, this yesterday and this morning, I felt to continue on this thought, feelings, the substitute for faith. Human emotions are deeply intertwined with the five basic senses of sight, smell, taste, touch, and hearing, which we humans use to investigate and perceive what goes on in the world around us. They are essential for processing and learning uh, the perception and the reasoning and problem solving and adapting to the events of life, whether they're good or not so good. We use our senses on a daily basis. Some of us use that one called smell, taste. We use that probably more than anything. We love to use that one, and that's why it shows in our waistlines. <clears throat> when pilots are training to fly an airplane, they are taught that they must totally trust in the instruments on that aircraft. And if they rely only on what they feel or what could get into a, they could get into a situation where they're not able to get out of it if they only went by their feelings. And I know there have been <clears throat> times where instrument panels have uh, defaulted and an airplane uh, had to be flown merely by the instincts of the pilot. And many of them have been successful in landing an airplane without any instruments whatsoever. But normally, when a pilot flies an airplane, he must absolutely depend on those gauges in that aircraft in order to fly that plane properly. If they rely only on the sensory input, they could get into a situation they may not get out of. The senses are reliable only to a certain point. The ultimate proof is checking the instruments to verify their feelings. It may feel, the pilot may have a gut feeling that something's wrong, but he needs to check 
the instrument panel to see if what he feels lines up with what the instruments are showing. While flying through the clouds, a pilot could feel as if he was flying straight and level. When actuality, they may be in a slow turning spiral or even totally upside down and not realizing it because everything feels right. Flying too high without oxygen will cause the emotions of euphoria, euphoria and elations and overconfidence. But if a pilot looks at the instruments, they will know for certain what altitude they are at and if they are flying straight and level. I think that's a good indication that you and I don't need to live by our feelings only, but we need to go and check our instrument panel every once in a while and see if my feelings line up with what the Word of God is saying. And if your feelings are not lining up with the Word, you probably don't need to listen to your feelings. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. <clears throat> every one of us have had experiences and times of acceptance and rejection in our lives. Many times when attacked and rejected, we say things like, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. How many of you, be honest and raise your hand, you've said that at one time or another in your life? Some of you had never said that, or you just don't want to, do what pastor asks you to do. That's okay, <clears throat> I guess. That is a lie. What people say to us does hurt us. We say that as a wall to protect ourselves. I say to Brother Young, you go and say what you want to. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but what you say is not going to hurt me. But I'm saying that because I know he's fixing to hurt me, and I'm trying to protect myself. In reality, that's what it is. <clears throat> Sometimes more than we are even willing to admit, the areas of the brain which light up when physical pain occurs in our mind, our bodies, also lights up when we feel rejected. We, all, we will all know what it is to feel hurt, let down, and rejection. So how do we respond to these feelings? Do we fight back and reject others like they do us? Do we get bitter and withdrawn, not daring to rely on the emotional level or not daring to relate on the emotional level, level with other people? Feelings and emotions have a definite place in our lives, but they should never lead us. They should never be the motivating factor of our life and we should never go by feelings. So how would you feel 
if you called a number and you received a message on the answering machine, if you were needing mental health and you called the clinic, and it says, hello, welcome to the mental health hotline. If you're obsess obsessive compulsive, press one repeatedly. If you're codependent, please ask someone else to punch number two for you. If you have multiple personalities, press three, four, five, six, and seven. If you are paranoid, stay on the line and we will trace your call. If you're schizophrenic, listen carefully and a voice will tell you the number you should press. If you have short-time memory loss, press 9. If you have short-time memory loss, press 9. If you have short-term memory loss, press 9. If you have short-term memory loss, press 9. If you have low self-esteem, please hang up. All operators are too busy to talk to you right now. If you're depressed, it doesn't matter which number you press. No one will answer you anyway. I think that would be very discouraging to make that kind of call to a clinic to help me and got that sort of uh, reply or answer uh, on the machine. <clears throat> and you know, sometimes we almost do people like that when they're crying out for help. We don't really get involved. We don't really take it seriously. We don't really listen to them. Sometimes we're trying to think about what we're going to say if they'll just hurry up and get through and we'll, we'll just be thinking about my reply and we don't even hear what somebody's trying to tell us. A lot of times people are crying out to us to help them find hope and find peace and find God and we're not even listening to them. We're giving them wrong information. According to the National Institute of Mental Health, one in ten American adults, would you unscrew that for me? <clears throat> one in ten American adults, thank you. You just keep sitting there every Sunday, and I'll use you as often as I can. <clears throat> one in ten American adults, or approximately 21 million people, suffer from depressive illness every year. Many are unable to experience pleasure and nothing is of interest to them anymore. Some of these people lose weight while others gain weight. Suffer, some suffer from insomnia and others hyposomnia. They may feel physically drained and worthless and guilty and distracted. Depressed people may have trouble making decisions, may be angry or frustrated by any little thing, or they may be unresponsive to anything. Robert Albachin said, emotions don't make a good engine, they only make a good caboose. The fact that feelings change is pictured in a conversation overheard between two women. The conversation went like this. 
I hear you broke off your engagement to Joe. What happened? Oh, it's just that my feelings toward Joe aren't the same any longer. And then her friend said, well, are you returning the wedding ring or the engagement ring? Oh, no. She said, my feelings toward the ring have not changed at all. <laughs> Sometimes we can use feelings as a crutch. We can use feeling as, as an excuse. We can say, I don't feel like it to get out of doing something. <clears throat> what all did you feel even yesterday? Did you feel happy yesterday, sad, upset? Angry, joyful, thankful, disappointed, depressed, jealous, ambitious, surprised, convicted, hopeful. And this list could go on. How many of you felt some of those emotions yesterday? I know you did. We all felt some of those emotions. Man's soul is composed of three inner connected parts. Our mind is what we think with. I'm a thinker, aren't you? You're not? Okay. <clears throat> you told me a lot about yourself just then. No, nobody, nobody said anything. Our will is our chooser. Our emotions are our feelers. Our mind and emotions are informers to our will. And our will is informed by what we feel and think, and it makes conclusions and decisions upon those uh, information, that information that comes. Faith does not come by feeling or emotion. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, according to Romans 10, 17. It is the word of God alone that is a lamp unto our feet and a light to our path. The Bible is what teaches us to correct, instruct, and provide to us all the good works that God has given us. A person must choose to do what God says and not what their emotions encourage them to do. I've said it before in these lessons. I'm going to say it again. You cannot live for God with your feelings. You cannot even have a happy life in this world motivated and directed by your feelings. You've got to have something more than just your feelings to get you through life. And that's why it's so good to have a God that loves us so much that he's given us preaching and teaching. He's given us the Bible. He's given us friends and family that have the same goal that we have. And friend, when you have that package, you've got everything you need to live for God in this world. <clears throat> but a person must choose. If I say, I got to choose. It's my decision to do what God says and not what my emotions encourage 
me to do. You have to be careful not to believe lies that our informers are trying to tell our will. Let's look at some lies that uh, we have to uh, flee from and we have to battle with. Lie number one, if I feel something, it must be true. Oh, that's a big lie. <laughs> because most women are suspicious about half the time anyway. <laughs> I was scared to death of my mama when I was growing up. I just knew God showed her everything I did. She scared me because I knew that if I snuck around and did something, God was going to show her. And so that kind of helped keep me straight. Now, was I straight? No. Did I do anything? No. Was I a good little boy? She thought I was. <clears throat> the world tells us to follow our hearts, but doesn't tell us where it will lead us. But Proverbs 28:26 says, He that trusts in his own heart is a fool. But who walks wisely, he shall be delivered. Jeremiah 17, 9 tells us that the human heart is the most deceitful and desperately wicked thing that we possess. Who really knows how bad it really is? Jeremiah was asking. <clears throat> Let's look and consider how untrue these feelings must be. If I feel unloved, I must be unloved. If I'm feeling worthless, I must be worthless. If I feel God has deserted me, then what's the use of praying? God does not hear me if I feel that way. If I feel like life is hopeless, then it must be hopeless. The world teaches us that our feelings are truth. And if you feel in love, then you ought to think about getting married. And if you feel out of love, you ought to feel like getting a divorce. What is missing in this equation is what is the truth. When truth comes in, we know what the Bible says. We know that the Bible says we ought to stay together. We ought to love one another. We ought to forgive one another. And the list goes on and on. <clears throat> Infatuation is a feeling. Romance is a feeling. Happiness is a feeling. Sadness is a feeling. Hollywood has monopolized those feelings in the movie world to make you think that's how life is. But love is not just a feeling. Love is also a choice. You have to choose to love someone. And when the Lord chose to love us, there were no reservations 
The Bible says God is love. And he loved us. But if I love you, or if I love God, it's because I choose to. God is love, so how do you choose to be something you already are? You can't get any purer and more powerful in love than in God. God is the all-powerful, almighty. His love is all-powerful and almighty. God didn't choose to love you. He's love. You and I have to choose to love each other. I have to choose to love God. I have to choose to love my neighbor. And I wish the Lord had left that out of his teaching. Sometimes it's hard to love your neighbor. He doesn't have the same love for dogs you have. And his old dog is next door across the fence. And that would get on your nerves after a while. And some of y'all are acting like you got that problem. I had that problem one time. Well, I'm not going to go into that. My wife said I would not be telling that. But I did pray. And that dog's not there anymore. That's all I'm going to say. Our decisions must be based on the truth and not on fleeting feelings that change with the weather, our hormone levels, or our circumstances. And those can happen to us anytime. If we are to walk in freedom, we must realize that our emotions are, are not always trustworthy. We must will, be willing to reject any feeling that is not consistent with truth. 2 Corinthians 10 and 5 says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. <clears throat> now let's consider the difference between truth and our feelings. Number one, truth is objective. It never changes. It is always consistent. It does not change with the weather. It does not change with our hormones. It does not change with our circumstances. If God says he forgave us, then whether or not we feel forgiven doesn't change that fact at all that God has forgiven us. You may not want to believe it, and you may not want to receive it, and you may have problems accepting it, but God has forgiven you anyhow. <clears throat> we Pentecostals put so much baggage in our experience with God that we have to carry around. We cannot believe that God forgives us when we ask him. 
You know why? Because we want to punish you. If you do wrong to me, I want to do wrong to you. That's my human nature. You do something to me, I want you to suffer for it, Brother Young. You sat in the right spot. That's the hot spot. <laughs> you do me wrong, I'm going to get you back. And see, when God says, I forgive you, we say, God, I'm so sorry. We get in our altar and we cry. I'm so sorry, Lord. I'm... And then we say, Lord, I'm sorry, but I know I got to pray more. And I know I got to fast more. And I know I got to be more faithful. Uh, but I want you to forgive me. But, Lord, I know that I haven't been doing good. And, and I just always struggle with certain things, God. But uh, I do want you to forgive me. But, Lord, you know... We have a hard time accepting the fact that when we ask God forgiveness, he forgives us at that moment. And it's hard for us to believe that. It's hard for us to accept that. It is so difficult for me to believe that God forgives us so easily. Turn to somebody and say, I forgive you. And that's exactly what God does to us when we ask him. But see, we want to make it so hard. We want to have to go through the steps. We want to have to go through, you know, paying penance and making things right. And God doesn't want that at all. There's some friends of ours, Harold. And uh, Becky, I haven't met Becky yet, but I have Harold. Good to have you guys today. <clears throat> so truth is objective. If God says he forgave us, it's done. Martin Luther uh, is reputed to have been asked, do you feel forgiven? He was asking one time. He replied, no, I don't. But I place my faith in the unchanging truth that God has forgiven me in Christ and I stand upon that. Sometimes we just have to go to the Word and we have to stand on that fact that my Bible says God loves me and forgives me, period. And I stand on that fact and it doesn't matter what my flesh says or the devil says or the world says. I know what the Word says. The second thing about feelings is they're subjective. They change with the weather. You can feel happy one minute and sad the next minute. Somebody can just say one thing to you and ruin your day. I wish I had more time this morning. I'm just getting started. I, I'm going to have to talk to Pastor. He's just too hard on me. People with bipolar disorder struggle with their mood and emotional swings that go from one extreme to the other. While medication is vital for their dealing with his emotions, more important is to make sure that you're taking your daily dose of God's truth as your medicine to keep you from swinging back and forth with everything that we have to battle in our lives. Lie number two, 
I cannot control my emotions. That's a big lie. While it is true that to some degree we can control what we feel, we feel the pain, the loss, the anger, but the truth is that you don't need to let your feelings control you. Your feelings are not a good thermometer of your life. They're not a good leader. Take, for example, a person of the opposite sex who is already married, but they show interest in you. Do you feel flattered? Do you then dwell on that feeling? Do you feed that feeling? You do have a choice of what you do with those feelings. Your emotions are supposed to be servants of your will. Hannah Smith wrote, Our will can control our feelings if only we are steadfastly minded to do so. Many times when my feelings have declared contrary to the facts, I have changed those feelings entirely by a steadfast assertion of their opposite. Mark 11:25 says, "And when you stand praying, forgive." Man, it's hard for me to pray when I got something in my heart. Man, brother Young, when you do me wrong, I told you you're in the hot spot. When you make me mad, when I get ready to pray. I want to see the Lord, you know. I want to see his love and all that, but all I can see is his ugly face. <laughs> That's all I can see. But, you know, when I get prayed through and I ask for, God, for God's forgiveness, I look at him and it's a pretty brother young. <laughs> handsome, I'll say. Handsome brother young. He's not ugly when I get my feelings toward him right. Mark says, forgive, and if you have ought against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. This means we can choose to break anger's hold on our lives. It's a choice. I don't have to be full of anger. We can control our emotions. I think sometimes it's just easier for us just to ignore it and not do anything about it. Women sometimes use PMS as an excuse for their emotional outburst. Men, some use stress, sometimes use stress as that same excuse of outburst. Well, I'm just stressed out. You notice I said excuse. Our bodies do affect how our emotions operate. Our mind, our will, and our emotions all affect each other. And I believe that letting our emotions control us can actually be a sin. When someone you love is being overwhelmed with emotion or anger, which is the fruit of fear or depression and sadness and worthlessness, they need someone who loves them enough to listen to them and to lovingly tell them the truth. If you don't control your emotions, they will control you. And if you let your emotions run your life, 
to run over your will and your body and your body and your mind and you will pay for it in the long run. Well, I'm going to stop right here even though I don't want to. I'm four minutes over today and I know pastor's going to pull me in the office and I may not be teaching next week. We'll see. God bless you.